SMS SAFM now 2020-391. Late night conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. 23 minutes after 10 on SFM. Let me remind you, we are available on social media platforms um, at SFM Radio, at Patricia N. Dooley, or alternatively, you can go to 104 to 107 Nationwide and on DSTV Channel 814. We are available on WhatsApp on 0614104107. We've got on the line Professor Charles Shea Wesonge, who is the director of uh, Co-Train South Africa, a research unit of the South African Research um, Medical Research Council and one of the 15 Co-Train uh, centers worldwide. And we are going to be talking about misinformation on social media, which fuels vaccine HESE, um, a global study that shows the link. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Professor Charles Wei Songe. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well, Patricia. How are you? Well, uh, we've seen better days. However, we are glad that we are with you on the show. Talk to us about the study that you have gone through around how social media has been fueling some vaccine heisei. Yeah, so the first thing, Patricia, is to say that vaccines have changed the world. It is very easy to forget how diseases like yellow fever, polio used to cause ravage millions of deaths and disability in many parts of the world where these diseases do not exist now because of uh, vaccinations. But now we now have a situation where because people don't see some of these diseases, then they start fearing the vaccination rather than uh, the disease and they delay the vaccinations for themselves or they refuse the vaccinations and this is what we uh, have been termed vaccine hesitancy so the study that we did was we looked at the misinformation on social media because there's a lot of conspiracy theories on social media and we found that when uh, such uh, misinformation is going on social media when people organize on social media uh, use uh, conspiracy theories and organize protests against vaccination. That it, uh, it leads people to refuse vaccination, it leads people to delay vaccination, and that is what we call uh, vaccine hesitancy. And this is very important now when we are looking forward to having a COVID-19 vaccine, because the existence of a vaccine alone will not uh, drive away the disease. The vaccines need to be taken by people in sufficient numbers to stop the transmission of the disease. Now, Doc, with all the hesitancy around, uh, you know, the vaccines and the myths around social media, do you feel that a lot of people, especially in Africa, are hesitant around the vaccines that have been spoken about, especially because there's more than one company, medical company, that is issuing out the vaccines? Yes, we do find that people are are hesitant. If we take the example of... uh, the COVID-19 vaccines that we are that are coming now. Some of the things we've heard people saying are that because vaccinations it usually takes about 10 to 20 years to develop a vaccine. So people, uh, well, of course, rightly so. They think that well, this has taken only one year to develop, and they are now worried whether these vaccines are safe. But the, what is important to say, uh, Patricia, is that these vaccines, even though they have gone rapidly, is because the technology has improved. It is uh, people have used learnings that they have had from other diseases to be able to develop these vaccines so rapidly. But 
vaccines would only be approved by regulatory authorities when they have looked at the data and they have found that they are safe and they are effective. And people shouldn't be worried. They should have confidence in the scientists because, and also the people who are going to review, like the regulatory authorities, reviewing this data because they will only approve the vaccines when they are found to be safe and effective. Well, safe and effective is very relevant or objective when it comes to this particular vaccine, especially around uh, social media, because a lot of people have said, Doctor, uh, Professor, that um, safety and, 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 you know, security around the vaccines are, are only going to benefit those who have an agenda. And this is social media, obviously, that we are looking at. But a lot of ordinary citizens have said this vaccine might not be safe because it might be the way that, um, you know, the Western world puts in a chip to monitor the rest of us. Is this true? No, that is not true. I've seen also those conspiracy theories. And these are spread by people who don't have uh, good intentions. And those are conspiracy theories. They are not true. Vaccines are vaccines. They are only made to help the body's defense system to defend itself against diseases. And there are various methods of making vaccines. One of the newest methods that is being used now is where this genetic technology where they give the messenger RNA, which gives a message to the body to produce uh, antibodies to strengthen, uh, develop the cells that will protect the body against new diseases like COVID-19. But this is a technology that is uh, because a lot has advanced now in terms of what we know in science and the, the, the conspiracy theories about chips going into people's bodies because of various agendas, those are definitely not true. We are talking to uh, Professor Charles Shea Wisonge, who's the director of Co-Train South Africa, a research unit of the South African Medical Research Council and one of the 15 Co-Train centers worldwide. And we're talking about the misinformation and social media fuels um, the vaccine hearsay, a global study that has shown the link. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, you may do so on 011-714-2006, alternatively on 011-714-4045. You can also SMS 41391. SMSs are charged at 150. Or alternatively, go to WhatsApp and send us those voice notes or those messages on 0614-104-107. Now, how do we then counter the myths, uh, Dr. Waisenga? I think it is important that to counter the myth, uh, Patricia, everybody has to come to the table. There needs to be collaboration between the doctors and the researchers and the uh, decision makers, uh, political authorities, the uh, Department of Health, and also the technology companies. People, we need to take the right information. We need to put out the right information out there. That vaccines, uh, that vaccines are developed very carefully using the best science, and that they can only be approved when they are found to be safe and effective and for prevention of diseases. And we need to put out all this information out there. We need also to work with the, the government. You know, uh, Patricia, if you are in a crowded uh, theater where there are many people, and if somebody starts shouting, fire, fire, there's going to be commis- uh, commotion and people might die. So people who are spreading misinformation on social media are like people who are falsely shouting in a crowded 
theater, fire, fire, where they might hurt some people. So if we cannot, if we cannot allow people to be shouting false information like that in a crowded theater because they might uh, hurt people, we should not also allow people to be passing the same kind of information uh, that might hurt uh, people, might make people to make bad decisions, and might eventually lead uh, to death on social media. So one thing I would imagine is that governments should mandate the uh, social media platforms to remove blatant misinformation. When there is misinformation, we remove it. And that everybody should uh, participate, whether they're doctors, parents, you and I, what you are doing now, journalists, to pass out the right information uh, out there so that people can take the right decisions about vaccinations. And one thing that is important to note is that vaccinations are not compulsory. We need to give the right information to people and then people can make their decisions to take the vaccine because it is the right thing to do. But vaccines are not compulsory. Well, in South Africa, if vaccines are not compulsory, with all the social media hoo-ha that's going around and the fact that uh, sometimes um, it, it, it's been said via social media posts and so on that if you are not vaccinated, you might not be able to have access to travel and access to be able to get employment, gainful employment at that. Um, this is obviously something that weighs very heavily on us. Dr. Uh, Waisenge, uh, c- could you tell us if these myths are true you know for definitely for us as a country how decisions about vaccinations are made uh, in south africa uh, patricia we have a an advisory body that is independent of the Department of Health, independent of the minister that is called the National Advisory Group on Immunization. Usually they look at some of these issues and then they advise government on what they think based on the best available science, and then the government takes the decision. So one thing is that the vaccines will not be compulsory. People are given the right information and courage to take the vaccines because they are good for them. About whether uh, people might travel if they don't uh, get vaccinations, I think I, uh, it, it might depend on uh, on countries. It might just like we have the yellow fever vaccination. There are some countries where if you don't have, uh, you are not vaccinated against yellow fever, you might not travel to. It might be that this might be the case too when we have a safe and effective vaccine that is freely, that is uh, widely available. That some countries might decide that well, if you are not vaccinated, you are a risk to us you might not come to our country. And then people would then have to uh, make the choice. Whether If they want to go there, they can take the decision. Just like if you are going to a, a place that is yellow fever infested and you need to take a yellow fever vaccination, you need to make the, that choice. So it might be that eventually there are some places where they might require that you need to get vaccinated before you travel there. But it is a choice. You want to travel there, you can take the decision whether you want to have a vaccination or not. But for now, no such decision has been taken because as of now, we do not yet have a safe and effective vaccine that has been recommended for use uh, across the world. We know now that the United Kingdom, in Great Britain, they have now recommended the, well, for the COVID-19 vaccines for emergency use, but the doses are still very small. Only a very small proportion of the population started taking it because we don't yet have sufficient doses. But like we've said, it might be that uh, tomorrow, uh, next year, when the doses are sufficiently available, some countries might decide that you need to get vaccinated before you come to their country. 
We are talking to Professor Charles Shea Wasenge, who's the director of uh, CoTrain uh, South Africa, a research unit of the South African Medical Research Council and one of the 15 CoTrain centre worldwide. Um, professor Charles Shea is also a professor of the epidemiology at the Faculty of uh, Medicine and Health Sciences at the Stellenbosch University in South Africa. We're looking at how misinformation has been fueled around social media um, when it comes to the vaccine for COVID-19. Now, A-teamers, I'd like to hear from you. Um, please do call in on 0117142006 or you can WhatsApp on 0614104107. Now, there's been a lot of rumors that we've heard since the start of COVID-19 that this particular vaccine could be one of the things that could be used to track our movements, almost similar to what uh, social media is doing now, where there are algorithms to your sort of patterns on um, online. Could this be true? And if not, how do we then allay the, 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 you know, the, the fears of many who are saying, I'd rather not take the vaccine? We know that um, in the UK, specifically in London, uh, the vaccine has been started around uh, those who are vulnerable, the elderly and the frontline healthcare workers. But we are not sure if this would be the reason for the rest of the, the, the globe to go ahead and take the vaccine. Uh, uh, you know, those are conspiracy theories. They are false. Um, how do we uh, fight against that? I think it's important that people understand how vaccines are made. That vaccines, they, these are, they are, there's very rigorous studies that are done before uh, uh, to, to test whether vaccines are safe and effective. Usually, vaccines out of 10 uh, vaccines that are, because vaccines, when you develop them, you have to start testing them in animals. And it's only when with the, when it shows that they can b- build the immune system to protect against that disease, that they can now start testing them in human beings. And when they start in human beings, it will only be uh, less than 100 people, just to see if they are safe. And once you look at the, those uh, and, and study them for some time, and those vaccines show that they are safe, then you now go to uh, about a hundred people, and that time to say, to see whether they can uh, improve their immune system to protect against the disease, like we say in science, whether they are immunogenic. And when you found that they are uh, safe in that small group, and they can also uh, build their immune system to protect against disease, then they can now be tested in thousands of people. What we call phase three studies, and those are the studies where. Uh, the vaccines like the Pfizer vaccines, the Moderna vaccines, the AstraZeneca, Oxford vaccines, where the thousands of people, more than 40,000 people for each of these vaccines have been tested to see if they are safe and they are effective. And by effective, we mean do they prevent the disease for which they are meant uh, to, to prevent. And some of those studies are taking place here in South Africa. They're taking place all around the world in many countries. And what we have seen from some of the, from those studies, preliminary results from Thousands, more than 40,000 people are showing that the Pfizer vaccine, it can protect uh, 9 out of 10 people who take it from getting uh, infected. The same thing for the Moderna vaccine. This, for the Oxford vaccine, what the current information we have is that out of 10 people who take it, 
seven, seven of them will get uh, protected from uh, getting the infection. So, and when we look at all that information, is when all of that information is gathered that it then goes to regulatory authorities. And in South Africa, we have our regulatory authority is called SAPA, the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority. In the U.S., we have the Food and Drug Administration. In the uh, Europe, in, uh, in Europe, they have the European Medicine Agency. They then look at all these data whether they are safe, whether they are effective, and study them carefully. And it's only when they are convinced that these uh, vaccines are safe, they are effective, that they are recommended. And that is what is currently happening with the Pfizer vaccine, with the Moderna vaccine, with the AstraZeneca vaccine. And that is why the regulatory authority in the UK, after looking at that data, they are now convinced that they can start vaccinating. We are looking forward to the US. They are, going, they are also studying that and will we'll know on the 10th whether they will approve that in the US. And it will follow suit for other regulatory authorities. So it, you can see that there are a lot of checks and balances, and it is only when uh, uh, a vaccine has been found to be safe and effective that it is recommended for use. But, of course, once it has been recommended, then you still need to monitor it and just be sure that there are no new uh, safety signals coming up. So th- these are uh, uh, very well-regulated uh, products, and people should have confidence in the authorities that recommend this. Let's take a bit of a breather and we'll be back with your voice notes. At the time now is uh, 40 minutes uh, past uh, 10 and we are talking to Professor Charles Shea Waisenga who is um, talking to us about the misinformation on social media which is fueling vaccine heisei. And obviously we don't want this because a global study has shown that there is a link between the vaccine heisei and uh, the vaccine's um, uptake in uh, global uh, citizens. Uh, so do interact with us. The WhatsApp number is 614 SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Evening and the, the listeners, if there is medication available, if someone uh, decides not to vaccine himself, they, it doesn't pose a risk to other people because everyone will be protected with that vaccine will be protected the risk is for for himself or herself that is the bottom line of the issue because i can see it might happen like that no one must must cross a certain uh, province without being vaccinated or uh, with a certificate of of uh, COVID-19. We are talking uh, to Professor um, Charles Shea Wisengo, who is uh, talking to us about the misinformation on social media, which is fueling vaccine of the COVID-19 hearsay. A global study has shown that there is a link. Now, this A-teamer of ours, uh, Professor uh, Wisengo, is saying that there could be a time where you find that a particular certificate would be required for a person to cross one province to the other, let alone one country to the other. Is this uh, possible? Do we um, expect or anticipate such times ahead of us? I think if we judge from what has happened with other vaccines here in South Africa, there are countries where vaccines are compulsory where vaccines are mandatory. Many countries in Europe have that. But with us here as a country, we do not have 
vaccines that are mandatory. And I don't think the, the COVID-19 vaccination is going to be mandatory. It's not going to be compulsory within South Africa. But it, in some countries, it might be uh, mandatory. So we might not, we cannot speak for other countries. But uh, I, I don't foresee us in South Africa having uh, vaccination as mandatory. And I can almost uh, say that it will not happen. Well, let's wrap up our discussion, um, Professor Waisengo. Um, what are the some of what are some of the things that we need to look out for when it comes to the World Health Organization's terms and uh, conditions and their reference point when it comes to this COVID nineteen vaccination? I think the first thing uh, one must say, uh, Patricia, is that the, as of now, the best methods of preventing. Uh, COVID-19 infection are wearing a mask that covers both the nose and the mouth, keeping a physical distance, a social distance, sanitizing our hands and washing our hands. Those are very effective methods and we should continue using them. One method that might uh, become available soon is a vaccination. And that before this vaccine, as of now, these vaccines have not been recommended for use here in South Africa. In many countries for now, it is only the United Kingdom where they have been recommended. And that before these vaccines are recommended, the various uh, structures, both within the World Health Organization and in every country, national regulatory authorities, they will look at the data to see whether they are effective, they prevent against COVID-19, whether they are safe, and it is only when they are satisfied that the benefits outweigh any risk that they will be recommended and that people can have confidence in the uh, the authorities that are going to look at these vaccines. And for now, I can almost be very certain that they will not be compulsory in South Africa, but the information will be out there and it would be, when the vaccines become available, Patricia, I will be there. If if, uh, I can get them, I will uh, get vaccinated. But of course, when they are going to be in small quantities, they will have to prioritize frontline healthcare workers, people who are most at risk. But as soon as it is available, I can assure you that if it is recommended, I will take it because I have confidence in the people who will look at the data. But for now, people should keep their their physical distance, they continue sanitizing and washing their hands, and they should wear a mask when they are in public. Over to you, Patricia. Mm -hmm. A minute shy of being uh, 10 minutes to uh, 11, we're going to be talking to Dr. Sean Mfunza Muller, who's going to be talking to us about um, the first 90 days of COVID 19, how critical and how important those days were to us as South Africa and the globe. This is SAFM. Call us on 0614.